Hey guys, before we get into this episode, I just wanted to do a little disclaimer. So on this episode, we talk about romance and consent throughout the entire thing. Um, but with romance and consent, we had to talk about the more serious topics. Um, so around minute 57 through an hour and 13, we talk about sexual violence in a little bit of detail. And I just wanted to give this a bit of a trigger warning. Sexual violence is a very serious topic to all of us, and we wanted to handle it with care. But we did think it was necessary to talk about this because you cannot talk about romance and consent without talking about the other side, which is what happens when consent is not given. So again, around minute 57 through an hour and 13, we talk about sexual violence. As always, the Psy Characters Podcast are not experts. These are just our own personal experiences and opinions. Now onto the show. Hello and welcome to the Psy Characters Podcast, a podcast about cultural diversity and nerd culture. I'm Jordan. I'm Leah. And today... We're joined by my friend and fellow witchy fellow colleague, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn! Sorry, what kind of colleague was that? Witchy. I'm very witchy. Hello, Glenn, Hello, and welcome everyone. to the show. Yes. <laughs> Tell us a bit uh, about you. Yeah, Hello. what's your deal? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm one of those straight cisgender white women. Mm-hmm. However, my name is not Karen. Mm-hmm. It's Glenn. <laughs> okay. I would not consider That's a myself... derogatory term. Oh. I would appreciate if you didn't use it <laughs> on our diversity podcast. <laughs> Karen Lives Matter. I'm stopping. Sorry. Okay. Go on. <laughs> I wouldn't consider myself to be a video game uh, nerd, but I am certainly a book nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, I My favorite fantasy series is Lord of the Rings, specifically the nerd. Silmarillion. <laughs> Um, the Semmerillion, that is her choice. I like that. That says a lot to me. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, yeah, Lord of the Rings is like one thing, but like specifically the Semmerillion is like one of your favorites. It's that That's nerdy. It's impressive. Yeah. The nerd goes deep there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You're, you're the one who can speak Elvish, right? On occasion. <laughs> On occasion. On occasion. When she feels With like. the proper persuasion. Yeah. Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> persuasion check. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that uh, we brought Glenn here today, um, and we're going to talk about, first, I'm going to talk about a little bit about what I've been watching a little bit of. I watched the new season of Beastars on Netflix, which... Yeah, the um, furry um, domination has started across the world, so everybody is now watching Beastars, which is pretty much adult Zootopia. Yeah, it was... I was impressed. So, Jordan has, on multiple occasions, tried to get me to watch this show, or to read the manga as well, which I probably will be doing after having watched it. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's like a... It's Jordan said, it's an adult Zootopia, bunch of kids, teenager animals in an animal high school. Moody teenagers. Yeah, and... (laughs) There's like I was expecting I don't know because it's high school I was expecting it to be very like any other anime with high schoolers in it but it wasn't there was a lot of like dealing with like mental health and like really interesting depictions of mental health and like showing the chaos within people's minds like it like changed art style 
when it like when Lagoshi, the first the main character was like dealing with his own inner torment and it dealt a lot with sex and like things around sex with like the main character Haru and how she deals with sex and like issues between like the carnivores and the herbivores and what sex meant between them and I was just like (laughs) came out of it like really impressed with the level of like realism that was put into it which you don't usually see in anime i will say i was drawn in because of the commentary on race not necessarily all the sex stuff just want to throw that out no it was just surprising but also leads us into what we were talking what we talk about today yeah so today we're going to be talking about romance and consent and how it deals with neuroculture and media so as usual we're going to start with kind of laying down the baseline so what is romance guys what what do you consider romance to be what is romance such a such a wonderful question we'll get into um i i generally think that like it comes in different forms but it is gen is like basically relationships between people which usually I don't know, go beyond the level of friendship and, like, depicting those feelings of, like, both friend, uh, romantic love and friendship love. So lust and romantic and friendship love and all that goes Platonic into that. Love. Yeah. yeah. I would also consider romance to be more emotional rather than just purely physical. Yeah. I, I don't have a real answer for this. And as you guys at the end will probably have five minutes of just making fun of me. Um, I <laughs> This is definitely a topic that is like out of the water for me because I don't usually deal with romance. I'm more of anything else. So romance. So I guess this will be the next question will be more of something I can answer is what does it look like in media? But you guys can start. As It comes in different forms. Like, I feel like we all know what it looks like on certain platforms. Like, we all know what romance looks like on the CW. As, oh, my God. Yeah. And what romance <laughs> As sexy, like. moody teens always arguing, and then they fall in love with that one person, have sex, and then they break up, and then, like, five seasons later, finally get together, but with the bad boy. <laughs> That's romance. I mean, there's definitely the full gamut from lawful good to chaotic evil yeah yeah in the media mm-hmm. i'm not quite sure where the cw would fit in perhaps <laughs> chaotic i think good. they're lawful evil they don't get that dark on the cw no they you don't know? get that dark. people gotta be in bed by 9 p.m yeah <laughs> yeah all the characters have to be in bed but with each other by 9 p.m <laughs> <laughs> yeah have I... you watched riverdale oh my god yes <laughs> yes well and there it's like uh, they deal with they'll they'll have issues but usually they're resolved within two episodes like that's that's what their romance looks like i think i think it's like there's different types for like when the topic is necessary like in in video games romance is almost like a completionist thing like where it's something you check off unless it's like unless it's a visual novel dating sim romance is just like something you check off in the game as part of the game for most things. And I, I guess speaking to that, I guess there's like two ways in games that romance is portrayed. It's like you said, 
with um, like the visual novels, like the dating sim type games, it is the goal you are trying to achieve the whole entire time. So you spend the whole game trying to speak to a person in a certain way, trying to flirt and trying to gain a relationship with them the whole time. But in other video games, it's more as like the side quest, I guess, is a way of saying it. Yeah. It's like the off to the sides, like while you're doing this action or while you're doing the other stuff, you can also talk to this person and try to um, flirt and gain favor with them, I guess. I think, I think another I sh- term for that is romance them. Yeah, I think actually a good way to like visualize that in my head is that there's like achievements. So Glenn has ended up in the video game. So I'm going to be like, you get achievements when you play, when you do certain things. And like one of the common achievements is to get a lot of collectibles. So you get a lot of collectibles, everybody collects all the collectibles, you get an achievement for that. And I feel like romance is one of those things where there's like, checkbox, you got the achievement, you romance someone, you got married, or you slept with them, or something like that. Like, that's one of those achievements that happens because it's like a side thing. It's not the main quest line, but it's something that happens. Usually it is a part of the ending in the story, but it's not like a big deal like it's not something that's going to change the like a game changer for you especially in some of these games where you have like a specific choice like your choice whether or not to kill someone is more important than your choice to romance a certain character i think that same sort of thing kind of happens in manga and anime as well where it 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 turns into this like female oriented media versus male oriented where on the male side romance maybe will happen like there's maybe tension with a side character it might happen at some point in the male side it's usually that will they won't they and they always have like a the present a character who is that like like that that childhood crush that the character trying to like go after like the oh i've always had a crush on so-and-so and it's always that character brought up but usually isn't the biggest part of the plot like i said it's usually like yeah. oh defeating the villain is more important than trying to flirt with your crush and a lot of the um shonen animes those um crushes and stuff it gets sidelined for the main plot so romance in it isn't as important on the shonen male side of anime. I think manga. there's also the option though, not just a childhood friend, of like the female who helps drive the story too, like the Princess Leia. Yes. There's the Princess Leia yeah. version where it's like she's obviously there to become a romantic interest for someone at some yeah, point. Like, right, there's also like the other one I can think of is Bleach. Yeah. So so for you freaking nerds like Rukia from Bleach or Toka from Tokyo Ghoul or um Sakura from Naruto. Yeah. For you nerds out there. They're obviously they're characters who are female characters who are going to be somebody's romantic interest. Yeah. But I think that also like it leads to the opposite side, which is the side like you have more experience in and I have experience in, which is like the female oriented side, where it's like in shoujo manga and in like Korean dramas and TV show like the CW, like Almost the entirety of that plot is meant to showcase relationships and romance. Yeah. And I think it's very it's very different. So opposed from shonen, like the male oriented side of the media, like where it's just a side plot, I feel like for the shoujo, the female oriented side, it's more of like the main point is showing the relationships. I, it's it's radically different. I don't know, like Glenn, what you think, but it's 
like for me, like when I'm reading shoujo, it's not like it can either like the entire point is the relationship or it could also just be like highlighting how the person grows. And it's like a lot of the times they're like they fall under that slice of life category, which I wish was a real category in Western culture. It's an actual like genre in a manga is slice of life. But I'm like, they need a better classification for that in Western culture because it's yeah. like it's about showing growth but also involves a lot of romance. Would you agree? I mean, at least in the romance books that I read, which are almost overwhelmingly um, urban fantasy paranormal romances, even um, even if the character is going on a quest, um, the romance is usually seen as pretty key to her fulfilling the, the quest, whether that's another male who has a particular power that can kind of help her along the way, or like together they become this amazing thing that can kind of triumph over whatever kind of adversity is in their way. Um, I feel like that, like, I don't know. Sometimes I, th- I think that emphasizes like a difference in like connectedness of people. It's almost like that, like friendship is the best thing that you get in Shonen, but almost like in an actual way where everybody has that influence, like where it's obviously the woman and the man in the, in that relationship, both contribute. I guess one thing that like, when we went to write these notes and everything, it's one thing I kind of forgot about and something that I don't necessarily like in um, media too much is the, the, the power of love side of the like romance plot where like you get to, Especially you get this a lot in like um, fantasy and um, a lot of anime stuff where it's like the power, like the power of love and this like romantic connection is this like ultimate, like, I guess, um, ex machina power that can pretty much save the day when needed to. Like, um, for example, Harry Potter, the power of love on multiple occasions, but this is a different type of love, but the power of love on multiple occasions pretty much saved his life. And in some anime where we get like at the the last like main villain gets defeated because the power of love was just so strong and they were able to deal out that last like attack type thing. We get, we get the power of love is another way that romance is portrayed in media. Yeah. I feel like we are stuck at these two opposite ends where it's either the power of love or it's entirely by the main male character's own fruition and his other interests. His has no, no say like no own agency and i guess this kind of leads into something that i've legitimately been thinking about especially with doing my um, other show is why do you guys think people like romance books <laughs> do you want do you want to take the lead or you want me to yeah i, I feel like Glenn, this is this is directed at you my time why is yeah. this a thing <laughs> I mean, I think people like romance books for the same reason why people like video games. I mean, in some form, it's very kind of escapist. Mm -hmm. You have a young heroine intrepid in some type of way, and she's usually entering into some sort of new environment. And lo and behold, in that environment is just an absolute stud of a man that she can just (laughs) barely keep herself from staying away from. And if she's even luckier, maybe there'll be like one or two others just kind of waiting in the wings. Who all want to pursue her. They all want to pursue yeah. her because, you know, she's inevitably hot. Um, but doesn't think she's hot. Doesn't think she's hot. No. She's got to have a chip on her shoulder, yeah. aesthetically speaking. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Aesthetically and... speaking, so an actual chip on her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that thing on your shoulder? I find you attractive. <laughs> but no, but in, instead of in, you know, in reality where this rarely happens, where you have multiple suitors, I think romance novels give someone an opportunity to be able to step in someone else's shoes and kind of feel that feeling of being wanted in various ways because usually the male suitors are all kind of interested in different aspects of the main character's personality or activate different characteristics of that person's personality so it's kind of a way of of exploring different facets as well yeah with different relationships and i would also like to say like I know this is going to get, it's going to get awkward, guys. But even, like, looking at, like. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm not. Look, <laughs> Jordan's going to step out for a second. Looking I'll at, see you guys later. You guys can finish the episode, okay? <laughs> Bye. We're talk about sex now. Oh, God. Why? Why? <laughs> sex. Yeah. Uh, so. Continue. Because I think that is a question that some people wonder is why particularly women like to read romance books with sex in it like why they read smut or whatever you want to call it fluffy romance why do they read it and i've been thinking about this a lot because like thinking about answering this question and i've been reading on it too in studies as well that like for women even if it's not just um even going into the genre of boys love which we'll have to talk about it another date but like both romance and boys love play on this thing where women just are living a world where they're suffocated by the patriarchy and often cases particularly western women are repressed and don't have access to sexual sexual material like men do that yeah and so these books provide a way that they can not feel guilty about pursuing sexual material and as well provide not only escape like in general but like our escape from the like restrictions of the patriarchy like so you can escape you don't have to feel bad like and it as well like i know that i don't know about you but like some if i'm reading a romantic novel and somebody catches me i'm like oh my god it, you always have that guilt because you're not like supposed like or at least for me growing up it's like you're not supposed to be intaking that content as a woman like and it lets you be free of that where you can this this is what you want but it's likely not what you're going to get in the real world. And sometimes uh, you just want that. I I guess I can kind of attest to that where it's been like, at least, again, this is a lot from my perspective as a man. Um, at least from my side, is like I've always seen romance novels like portrayed as being like a guilty or almost shameful pleasure. Like when someone is reading a romance novel, it's like, ooh, look at what they're reading. It's like one of those things where it's like, well, men don't look at that because it's this hokey, weird thing. And it's like, well, if you see a woman reading a romance novel, there's like some, like she's weird in some way. So it's always been like portrayed. You'll see that like in TV shows and stuff. There's like, oh, they pick up a romance novel. Oh, what are you reading type of thing. But I, I think from my side, I've always like kind of, I grew up kind of seeing it like portrayed as that. Which, yeah, I think that goes a lot to, like, sexual repression. We're not supposed to be sexual creatures as women. No. no. So. And a lot of times in romance books as well, these women are inherently sexual creatures. 
whether or not it gets awoken during the course of the novel or from the very beginning, she's openly acknowledging to herself that she's a sexual being and wants to pursue sex with multiple partners possibly throughout the book is very different from someone's experience in modern society. Yeah, it's very freeing, which I think I think is important for people to remember and like try not to judge people for this. Uh, and I guess that kind of goes into the next. Like, so you you said you, you read a lot of like the paranormal, like fantasy, urban fantasy, romance. Like, so where where do you think this like fits into all this? Like, wh- do you think they belong as a part of nerd culture? I definitely think they do. I mean, if you just look generally at video games, they are full of paranormal creatures supernatural creatures that have a place in this kind of paranormal romance literature um that i would say has gotten increasingly popular within the last five years um you know vampires werewolves wizards ghouls (laughs) name it yeah possibly even a troll although i wouldn't probably read that romance book. I was going to say, like, have you read a romance where there's a troll like being romantic? I wouldn't put that's... it past someone. Look, we've seen yeah. we've seen shape shifting badgers. What? What? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Hold on. What? <laughs> well, we know about. We all know about what his name. What is his name? Tink, Tinkle. Whatever the guy. The guy who does the Pokemon ones. What? Oh, yeah. Chuck Tangle. Yeah, Chuck Tingle. Yeah, Chuck Tingle. Which that's God, I hate I that you, I know that. I hate sen- that I know that. The sentient vegetables and the butt fucked by a Pokemon. That guy is weird. <laughs> I appreciate what he does when he's weird. But hey, you know, you're gonna you're gonna scratch an itch. Somebody's gonna have that itch. He's gonna oh, scratch someone it for you. Definitely has yeah, Oh yeah, 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 no. Of course. This is but why like, these things exist, because someone has the itch. <laughs> but like I th- I think it's important to like make those connections too, because like I like urban fantasy, let's think of things that would be also urban fantasy. Most of Neil Gaiman's works, like those yeah. are classically nerd culture and his stories are have the same characters as er- urban fantasy romance like and let's look at the video games what is it um isn't bloodborne set in a city is it set in a city yeah sure but with like like in a similar type victorian context yeah yeah it's a bloodborne is a very hp lovecraft type yeah, style where which, you get um tentacle monsters in this like um i guess 1800s setting which the 1800s steampunky urban <sighs> setting is the primary setting of any urban fantasy so i'm like like we can draw comparisons all day to how these settings in these characters in these worlds are similar yeah anytime you got a guy um wearing a trench coat and like um, punk goggles it turns into a giant werewolf that's when you know it's a weird urban fantasy exactly exactly (laughs) and it's all the same i guess edging back to what we were talking about before do you have like experience like either of you have experience of people judging you for like reading romance or being into romance novels i mean i think for me it was a kind of a gradual process i read all of my romance novels on my computer in the comfort of my own room So it was mainly actually me kind of coming out to my friends about liking to read this material. But what I have found is that the more people I've talked to about it, the less, I guess, kind of shameful I find it. And now where I'm at now is not only am I very comfortable sharing that, it'll almost be like an upfront part of my personality. Um, 
in terms like of being like, yeah, right now I'm reading a reverse harem vampire romance. Yeah. What have you been doing for the past five hours? Yeah. Not this. So you're saying I don't have to be afraid to tell people that I'm attracted to goldfish? <laughs> now is your time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everything. That's possible. a joke, Bob. If you're listening to that, that was a joke. <laughs> what, what kind of goldfish? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is a safe space. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not. Um, I, would, I, I would say that I'm still, like, I'm in the middle. Like, Glenn is much more almost upfront with it i'm still working on it because and this is like we talked about this last week too where like with whether you tell people you're a gamer or not and like whether you come yeah. out of the closet as a gamer i feel like that's a similar thing with romance particularly since that you i've also dealt with not only just like general common people but also i have friends who are very i don't know how to describe this like woke <laughs> might be the best term and they inherently disagree with romance as a genre, generally because romance is not not always okay. I don't know. Mm. It's not always perfect. So yes. it's very hard to describe that to people. And so I, I have been personally working on trying to get over telling people that I read romance and that I read BL and that's like only something that's happened in the past maybe five years that I've gotten better at like actually told people like I haven't told I it took me I've known Jordan for 10 years I think 12. it took f- tw- what 12 We've years known each now? Other for 12 years yeah oh I'm sorry I'm really bad I'm I'm bad with math actually oh. I think it might be 13 but whatever continue potentially it took <laughs> it was only like five years ago that I told him that yeah. I was reading BL and that was a struggle for me because that I had actively seen other people I knew in high school being bullied for liking that genre. So I, I did not tell people I like it's for me. I think it's like, it's really okay to tell people you like Jane Austen and that, and that is like actively like every, every, every woman I know will be like, yeah, Jane Austen's the best. But like you say that you read like the Solace series, which is, you or or like just like I read like the Solis series or like JD Robb and people are I don't know. I'm more hesitant to tell people. I mean like so first comment, I remember when you told me all the way those few years ago, um, like it was like, Hey, I have something really important to tell you and I'm like thinking it's like, Oh god, are you sick and dying? What's going on? And then you told me like that you read um BL and I'm just like okay sure <laughs> it's like yeah. whatever man it's like i understand that di- like different people like different things cool i'm glad that you were able to tell me this i'm yeah. actually glad really you're not sick and dying is that you know when you tell some people they actually want to know more either they had never heard of it or possibly maybe have kind of secretly always wanted to get into it but just didn't either know where to start or you know wanted someone to give them a recommendation yeah well i think that was like with you being so upfront with that when we met it was very like for me i don't have enough friends to be able to be like i read fluff which is like basically what i throw the title i throw any romance like fluff meaningless tv meaningless books and like i don't have enough people to talk about fluff with 
And the fact is, is that, like, you have two different scales of recommendation for fluff. Like, you have your recommendation for if fluff is good versus whether it's, like, normal media is good. And, like, I don't know. And it's it's nice to have other people to talk to. And I guess my second, I have kind of been on the other side of it. Because, so, I do another show with my um, co-host, Cody. And... He really likes romance novels and romance a lot. And sometimes he'll even read like the just more the class the classic idea of romance where it's like, oh yes, this big strong man yeah. sweeps a woman off her feet and they f- screw a lot. Um, the Harlequin so, novels? Yes. I, I have so, a I have a family member who's male who reads Harlequin novels. So so I guess I came from the other side. Like when he, the very first time we started talking about like things that we like read to watch, and he brought up romance novels. I was on the other side. It's like, bro, why? It's just thinking it's weird because I guess in my mind, like there is like it's like I said when I like growing up, romance was like this like thing to the shameful things like oh my gosh, you're reading pretty much an erotic novel every time. It's what romance like turned out to be in my mind so it's like wait you like romance so you're into this type of stuff but like the more and more he talks about it's like it's been more of a normalized thing but like the very first time we talked about the show there was a lot of yelling (laughs) i i think that the key is to understand is that it's not the same as porn yeah but it also like consider the fact that generally most guys i know intake porn and like you you everybody does it well, Fine. even beyond that, I think that, like, especially through media in sitcoms and different, like, TV shows, usually romance is presented right next to or being the, um, like, the lead up to sex. And we get this, like, idea that romance is sex thrown at us a lot. So then when we move to things like porn, we, it's like, you st- the lines in certain people's minds start to kind of blur where it's like oh romance sex porn they're all the same thing i guess the next topic i kind of wanted well we kind of wanted to go through was like why is there a difference like what is the reality versus what porn is and to you guys i kind of pose the questions like how is romance presented in porn versus how do things actually work in reality do <laughs> okay well i guess i'll go in with my jokes since no one wants to t- talk is i kind of always viewed this as it was very weird the last time i ordered a pizza and the pizza delivery guy didn't screw me <laughs> yeah, it was like the plumber came over and i was just worried that he was going to clean my pipes anyways so guys what how is romance presented romance is presented in porn i mean the it's kind of the the bit before people actually start having sex where it's just this weird conversation yeah that in like inherently seems fake i mean you already know it's fake but yeah the conversation that's happening is literally it's, weird it's and you something would never that doesn't show up in real life uh well it's i think it's also like it's like equating that romance is the lead up to sex which like you know goes into the lovely nice guy syndrome which is that if i do something nice for you i get sex if i if i act romantic i get sex that's kind of what porn is is showing it's it's that fake lead up where you're romantic air quotes you should just like have a thing air quotes leah and then it's and then that gives you sex i mean yeah you you unplug my toilet 
and I'll yeah. blow you. Obviously, yeah, it, it, it's that idea of like I did this thing, so what are you gonna do for me? And then of course in porn she gets on her knees and unzips his pants, but that's not like a that that's well yeah it's it's the idea it's, it's sex is the only thing you get out of romance, which it's not the only thing you get out of romance. You also get feelings of contentment and. Just, yeah, I think it, it's this also, though, doesn't extend just to porn. It goes into video games as but well. I, I guess so. Is it the is, is the difference between porn and reality the fact that a no one acts like, like that in real life? Like no one expects to get a pizza delivery and also get a good dicking versus also the ideas like. That there is no like emotional connection in porn. I mean, it it's just on who's two people smash. Right, be yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, sure. But I, God, I guess it's like the fact that in porn, there's like no emotional um, connection. There's usually it's for the most part, usually just the sex part. There's no real yeah. lead up to why these people are having sex. There's no showing that these people like ever met before. Like it's just that, oh yeah, these people are in a room and now they're going to start screwing like rabbits. How are you? How are you feeling? <laughs> Tell me about your day. Ew, God, that noise was uh, uncomfortable to hear. It's not the right time while we're talking about porn. Okay, Jordan, because that noise sounded like something else. Okay. There was a lot of pepperoni. On oh, no, no, that, 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 that was, was exactly what I was going for. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyways, anyways, I, I, yeah, I would agree that it's, it's the emotion, it's the emotional factor that's missing as well. And like the, I don't know, just like the connection, the, yeah. Because otherwise, if it was like porn based on reality, you'd have one night stands. And those are just often just very awkward sometimes. Yeah, there's the walk of shame, as they call it, where you have to go back to your place of residence. Yeah, one time I did that after Halloween and I had to uh, walk past a whole bunch of people in a pirate costume. (laughs) That was fun. Mm. Mm. (laughs) That's fun. Welcome to my university. Mm. I'm a pirate. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you should have just been like, yeah, no, Halloween is all year for me. I'm always dressed like this. Yeah, this is just how I this is how I roll. Uh, this is just what I look like. It's like those steampunk people. It's like this is just what I do. Um I I think this as well, like it stands beyond into the media we take in as well. So like introducing the fact that we'll probably discuss more in a further episode, but like video games have often women as reward as their mechanic where it's that you do things. Women are used as objects that rewarded at the end of the quest, at the end of the, either you get a kiss, you get sex, you get marriage, you. I'm going to get some flack for this probably, but it even goes back to games like, all the way back to like Mario, where you do a bunch of levels and quests, you defeat the dragon, and who's waiting for you at the end of it? This princess. Yeah, and it's like, this is your reward for doing all these things. You now get this princess. And like, yeah, it's been changed up over the years, but that's kind of how it started. Like, 
um, even the Donkey Kong game, you jump over a bunch of barrels, you climb up the ladders, you defeat Donkey Kong, and waiting for you is a woman. So your reward for doing these things is another human being. And that, that's not how it works. And I know in games that I've been playing recently and like stuff I've seen is like, um, like you do a quest, you get a girl's like, or if you do these certain specific tasks, you're nice, you do this, you do whatever, you get the the reward of the woman and i know that like kind of bleeds into the whole nice guy culture is like okay well i said something nice i defended you this one time so why aren't you my girlfriend because i did the requirements so now my reward is you but that's not how things work and some more modern games are just straight up up front with it like i know we've talked about the witcher tv show but let's look at the witcher 2 the Witcher 2 has one of those prime examples of, like, you rescue a woman, and she's like, let me My give you sex. Hero. Like, legit, she's like, <laughs> here, sure, here's a welcome reward for that. I'll I'll let you have sex with me. And we get back to the porn thing, where it's like, you like, save what? her, then she gets on her knees and unzips her pants. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, I'm, I, that's not real. And it's also, like, it's generally, like, turning women into just, like, objects as well, because, like, um... Feminist Frequency often, like, has looked at this before, and one of the examples they give is the fact that there's multiple games where if you're playing multiplayer, then at the end, only one person can get the woman, and the smoosh, 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 the smoosh of victory, the smoosh of victory, and so at the end, once you beat the boss, all of the characters, multiplayer, have to fight for the woman. (laughs) <laughs> and there's like no she doesn't get any say in who whatever it's like yeah you just fight over and then she gives a kiss to whoever is the winner that's like both in old style games and newer games like castle crashers wow yeah why is why is that like a bunch of seagulls fighting over a single french fry right yes yeah that's 100% what, that is, is the that perfect. exactly <laughs> which but that's what it is in these video games where it's like she is literally an object that's just like a sex doll she is a sex doll meant to give pleasure to men, not as a human being. Well, and, I, and I've heard like people like argue, well, like, oh no, it's nothing wrong with that because like sometimes when you do nice things, people like fall in love with you. But like, take it the opposite way. It's like you are a guy. There's this person who you're not really that interested in, and they start doing nice things for you. And then like, okay, well now let's screw. And you're like, no, I don't want to. And then they yell at you for it because you know you don't want that. So it's it's that like flip of it. It's like. Think about it if it's like if this is you. Yeah, you don't get a choice in saying that in these video games as a, as an AI. You just give out your favors. It's like yeah, yeah. You're just demanded a object. You're just a reward. You're just as much as like that piece of armor that you um get in a treasure chest. Like that's what the character that you win at the end is. It's just yeah. another prize. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think uh, this leads pretty well into our issue of, like, consent. And what does consent look like? And I would like to remind everybody at well, this point Well, first, in time, what is consent? What is consent? Consent is asking people whether, they're, whether they would like to participate or not. Yeah. In however form that happens. And I would like to remind people, you can look at the Consent ST video, which we will link as a reminder for yourself if you need to ask. Yeah. I, I, I guess consent is both these, like, as pretty much 
asking if someone is okay with something. And then also the second part of it is listening to their answer. So someone says, no, I'm not like, if you offer someone some tea and they say, no, I don't want tea. You're not going to be like, are you sure you don't want tea and keep pressuring them until they're fine. Okay, fine. I want some tea. Or it's like, okay, no, I don't want tea. It's like, cool. You don't want tea. Yeah. Also, they have to be able to say that. They have to be able to to yes. say they would like tea. You don't force feed asleep people tea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, someone's sleeping on the couch. You don't just take a hot cup of tea, just shove it in their throat. No. Yeah, yeah. Mm, and also sure. consent is ever evolving. So, you know, if someone, if, if you ask someone if they want tea and they say yes, and then maybe two minutes later you ask, do you want some biscuits with your tea? And they say, no, don't give them your biscuits. I, I, I guess even yes. on that, it's like someone that. says, yes, that. they want tea. They start drinking that tea. Then they're like, eh, I don't really want this anymore. You don't look at them. It's like, no, you have to finish this. Drink it all. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I just had a random thought word. I'm sorry. I'm getting, we're getting to uncomfortable don't have tea in, There's people who don't have tea in third world countries. You have to have the tea. <laughs> this one came into my head. <laughs> or maybe they're more of a coffee person. I don't know what the case is. Just make sure that your tea is never loose leaf. Keep it bagged. Yeah. Perfect. I'm, I'm Perfect. applauding you for that. That Take was really away. good. I'm was, applauding was you excellent. for that. That was really good. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so, so I guess. Oh, you. What does the tea actually? What does the tea actually look like? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what. Um. Usually, looks I like. go for a more of an Earl Grey, just because I like the flavor more than like a green or a chai. <laughs> um. I remember when I was in Thailand, I ended up just getting like this large jug of tea and drink for like two days. It was great. Anyways. <laughs> about who you prefer as a person. No, I just was talking about actual tea. Leah. Get your mind out of the gutter in this sex episode, please. Okay, sorry, sorry. Back on track, back on track. Yeah, I only prefer people concerned? named Earl. <laughs> oh, Gotta God. be great. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> shutting up. Shutting up. I make jokes when I get awkward, I'm, if you couldn't tell. Mm. All right, so what does consent look like, people? Well, I guess more <laughs> more on what does consent look like in media, especially like in your favorite properties? Like what, what does consent look like in that? Um, I personally like there's very few games and media where I see it being like actively shown. Like there's I think that. In the media, I assume it's not something that I think about a lot where it's like, oh, yeah, they just asked if they were okay with that. But I think there's, it's more, I see it, there's more tacit consent where it's like. What does that mean? I, uh... Implied consent. Yeah. Versus okay. if you're reading a romance novel, not only do you have the dialogue to go off of, you also are able to to read the character's thoughts. So even if there's no actually any actual verbalized consent, she's thinking in her head that she's consenting to whatever act she's doing. Okay. Thereby it's consensual. Yeah. And so in like TV and movies, it's just like, oh, this is, it just happens more or less. And there's no like verbal or 
kind of thing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I would say it's more body cues. Yeah, it's body cues. I think that, like, the act of that when you start to, when you look at somebody about to kiss each other, a lot of times in movies and TVs, they show that consent by having the guy move in and then the girl has to finish, has to move in the rest of the way. That idea that you're almost I, I don't know if this is the right way to say like if i'm saying this properly but it's like in some in a in some it's definitely not just the media of there's a difference between a forced kiss where someone is force forcefully kissing another person versus where you see the Blade runner yeah to um yeah. <laughs> to the to the the hitch like i don't know if that's an old reference but in that movie <laughs> it, he just kept, kevin kevin what's his name <laughs> to Kevin James. Way to kiss. Thank you, Kevin James. That you move in, you go three fourths of the way, and it's the girl's job to go the rest of the way, which is like actually like it's it's a body language determined consent because she doesn't have to, and then he's just you could be awkwardly standing there, but also like she doesn't have to. Yeah, she can throw his green tea right back in his face. Yeah, yeah, because she prefers Earl Grey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that's. I think that. Are you saying that she prefers black people? Because that's what I got from that. <laughs> well, you're early. We could talk. I love Earl. Uh, God. Yeah, God. I think that's the like good side of consent in my favorite shows, but <sighs> I don't think that's what consent looks like all the time. I think. I guess. I'm, sorry if I'm interrupting anything, but I guess this is just a thought that came to mind thinking back because I grew up watching a lot of sitcoms and i've watched a lot of like movies that are usually like the male is the lead character and i think a lot of the times it's portrayed as if the man says it's gonna happen it's gonna happen do do you guys agree or have you seen it that way really yeah potentially can you give an example like like in all pretty much in all and now my mind is only thinking about how i met your mother but like all the times when both the characters Barney and Ted would go after a woman. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to get with this woman tonight. And because that they're the ones doing the pursuit, it happens because they're doing it. So it's like yeah. if a guy chases after a woman and like he's always going to get the this goal of sex. And it doesn't yeah. really, it's not really in my mind, not really portrayed as, well, the woman has a chance to say no. It's just that, okay, he wants to have sex, so now oh, yeah, yeah. they are having sex. So yeah. there, there's never shown a consent, like, they both say it or they both want it. It's just like, oh, look at me. I'm giving you the floor. It's like, okay, let's do it. What kind and of suddenly in they're, they're in bed. I yeah. get what you're saying because there's no, there's you rarely, very rarely see the, you either see the option of he gets with her or they get turned down from the get-go. There's none of this, like, in the middle where it's, like, they flirted, they went back, and she's like, no, nah, I don't want to have sex tonight. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not something that you would see in any of these shows. And I also don't think you really ever see the guy say, no, I don't want it. Like, they also pretty much, I guess, to a point in a lot of me, it's portrayed as the guy always has to want it type thing. Well, or it's treated as why like i there's like all i can think of it's like sex in the city where it has been dealt with where it's like why doesn't this guy want to have sex that's an oddity like it's it's, like what's wrong with you if you don't want to have sex and i just want to state like i mean this shouldn't have to be said but 
men are allowed to say no to sex too. Well, I'm also like we we all as a media like to ignore the fact that asexuals exist. Yes. A hundred percent. I think I've only watched like maybe a handful, like maybe a number that I could count on one hand of shows with an asexual character. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that that's like, we've talked about like the good part of it, but there's so much that's not great. Uh, do you want me to get into video games and anime? I guess specifically anime. Sure. Consent's bad in anime. Not consent, not consent is bad. Sorry. The portrayal of consent is bad in anime. Oh yeah. There's so much wrong, and I feel like we're not doing a very good job of, like, we all, like, people who watch anime and read manga know that it's wrong, but we all don't really question the fact that it's there, to the point, like, telling telling people like you, Glenn, about what anime looks like and what it looks like sounds ridiculous that we would be intaking this content because it's not great oh yeah i felt extremely awkward like talking about some of the like bad side of the things i've watched it's like man glenn is gonna think i'm really gross and terrible i mean i read the the one sheet that you gave me um today <sighs> while eating my lunch um and i my tum-tum started to feel really weird when i was reading about that one guy in naruto who uh likes to look at women when they're in the baths and taking showers and then there's that other guy that turns into a sexy lady and he's like yeah let's keep let's doing that that works for me okay so yeah so Nar- so in general in anime a lot of the times you'll get the trope of the um like the pervert character and a lot of times you'll have the pervert mentor so specifically in naruto and dragon ball z we have the characters of jiraiya and master roshi and jiraiya is a character who self-proclaimed pervert and everybody knows this everybody knows that he's like the weird pervert character who has multiple times been shown spying on women while they are in the hot springs taking a bath he's multiple times been like shown sitting on roofs with binoculars watching women well i just want to say like i I read Naruto up until, like, I don't even know, not, like, 200 chapters in, which is about where Jiraiya starts. And he always made, like, as soon as he was introduced, made me uncomfortable. And that's, yeah. He he makes comments on characters' breath size all the time. Like, there's, like, sorry, spoiler for you, Leah, but, like, after he dies in the anime, sorry, guys, for all the spoilers, there's, like, they're trying to... um, (laughs) decipher a code that like he left for them and um the character kakashi looks at the code and like like starts to blush because he remembers one of the numbers in the code is um when he was talking to jiraiya and jiraiya like randomly mentions um the sonate's her breast size so that number matches her breast size so he's outwardly talking about breast sizes outwardly like spying on women and hitting on them and like doing the usual like nosebleed or steam out the nose when he sees a hot lady type thing. But he's allowed to do this because he knows things. Yeah. Beca- yeah. Because well, he then- is a like one of the most powerful characters in the world in this in this um anime, it's just kind of passed off as like, oh that's just Jiraiya. Yeah, especially because like I've just remembered the fact that yeah, the the Hokage, who's like the leader, is a woman. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for the for um after the third Okaka dies, um Tsunade, yeah. who was Jiraiya, who was yeah. in Jiraiya's training class and part of his team when they were growing up, she becomes the leader. 
And so, like, they're, like, close friends. And there was, like, this weird will they, won't they type thing between them. But he's always, like, commenting on her body. And it's really weird. Yeah. He actively, like, sexualizes her in front of other people. And in front of her. Like, like, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, yes. In front, but, like, I'm saying the fact she's she's in the position of highest authority. Would he, like, would women ever, like, was the Hokage before this ever treated with that same, like, disrespect? No. Not because not in the same like, way, no. He was, the, he was classically the old wise man, Hokage. And just because she's a woman, she's treated differently? Well, it also implies that there's a power inequality yeah and this hyper powerful character doesn't need to deal with consent no and so like the part that i guess that you mentioned that you cringed at the most is um there's another side of this where the character naruto i think he's supposed to be like 12 or 13 when this first starts he has this power where he get the sexy jutsu where he could turn it for a brief few minutes or so, turn into a sexy woman. Um, and this is so cringy for me to even say out loud. Gosh. Um, but there is the the part um, early, I guess, quote unquote, early on, where like he uses this in front of Jiraiya, and Jiraiya's like, ooh, I like this. And like there have been times where he's like, okay, well, I need you to like further my training, Jiraiya. And Jiraiya's like, ah, whatever, I'm going to do whatever. He's like, okay, well, I'll show you the sexy jutsu. He's like, okay, fine. I'll like complete your training if you show me the sexy woman again. It's really, really messed up saying show it out loud. Show me sexy biscuits. Yeah, show yeah. me those biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> and he's sexualizing what is a teenager. Yeah. Basically. And he's a, like, 50-year-old man. It's, it's, it, but this isn't, like, it's not only Naruto. This is a, like, prime oh, yeah. example of, like, a, like, a phenomenon that happens well, it goes all the time. into, like, also, it's done multiple times. But I guess the other biggest example, I'm giving the two big examples because both Naruto and the other one I'm about to say, Dragon Ball Z, are, like, two of the bigger, more popular, most known animes of all time. But we get yes. Dragon Ball Z with Master Roshi, Master Roshi, Roshi, oh my lord, can't say the name, um, where he's constantly, like, I don't know if you watched any of the clips I sent, but he's constantly, again, objectifying and talking about women, like, oh, hot women. And I remember, like, I guess it's, like, very early on in Dragon Ball um, where the characters are asking for something, and he says he'll do it if he can see Bulma's underwear. Oh, I just remembered it's also in One Piece. And in one it's in a lot of it. It's it's a reoccurring What's that trope. Guy's name? And, and that one's a young guy. Which one is that? Sanji? With an S. Yeah. 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 He's a young he's a young guy who just like at, like one, the author makes these women Giant breasts, tiny um giant breasts, torso, Barbie huge waist. But more boobs than Barbie. Yeah. Okay, so they'd fall over if they stood up. Yes, oh, they would they break in half. Even be able completely. To, yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be able to exist as humans. And yes, yeah, like One Piece, Naruto, and Dragon Ball Z are probably the most well-known anime manga of all time, and they all have this. And it continues. It's it's super common. Like this is everywhere for most major. Sh- shonen mangas and animes like this is so common and it continues to persist and it happens a lot where you have the male character like trying to like grab at a female character and then like the thing is like she'll 
in a comical way, like beat them up or hit them, and those will be left with like a bump, like oh no, and then like it just moves on to like the next scene. And like they it's, laugh it off. Yeah, it's laughed off. It's never really portrayed as what it really is as being really gross and like yeah, behavior that wouldn't pass in society, and that people, especially last year in Hollywood, a lot of people got in trouble like finally for doing these same kind of acts it's like it would be these are moments that are treated like in sitcoms with laugh tracks yes yeah it's they, a comedic trope yeah and i i it's it stands most places and i guess the more telling like grosser side of this when i was trying to find examples for um glenn because she has like no anime or manga experience so i try and find examples and most of the times when i was looking this up it's like Oh, the top funniest, the clips and stuff I was trying to find were under top funniest moments or really funny pervert moment and stuff like that. It's like shown as being a laugh rather than being like, okay, why is this character doing this? Yeah. Yeah. And I, wow. it's just, and like, it's not, it even extends to other, to other genres as well within manga where, where it's like upskirting is a huge problem. Even in shoujo ones where people are having to deal with this every day of like, they make jokes of like, you shouldn't have your skirt, you shouldn't roll up your skirt that short if you don't want people to look up it. Upskirting happens a lot, like all over manga. I don't understand why. Makes no sense. But yeah, it's it's huge problem. And like, there's no consent on that front as well. Like with, I think an episode or two ago is like when we were talking about like the male gaze it's like how can you say these characters weren't made for the male gaze when they're constantly being like objectified and like attacked in this way well it sounds like consistent fetish fetishization yeah um of the female form is almost a bedrock yeah of this type of creative output I, I guess it's a bedrock of the comedy side of it okay so like it's like if you yeah. want to have a laugh have a pervert character type thing have a perverted laugh yes well i would say it's it's also it's i would just say in general it's a bedrock because it, you get like if you get towards the more dramatic side of it they're just treated there's a lot of uh, like we're not going to get into it today but there's a it changes into the woman is meaningless where she's either just existing to perpetuate the man she's fridged which is the term where they kill off the woman to provide the man motivation to do other things there's like she basically has no power on her own she's the damsel like so when you get into the like dramatic side the more serious air quotes side it's also like it's just treating less like less objectification in the in the pervy way and more just they don't have meaning women don't have meaning so but i don't know if this is the right moment to talk about it but i guess in more of the adult side of anime like the seinen type deal don't know if i'm saying that word right but we get a lot of like um the woman can be sexualized or assaulted as part of the plot but like that effect on her goes away and it's like it's i guess um yeah i guess it's like the sexual assault or the um hurting a woman in a sexual way is shown as being meaningless because it is usually just has to drive like a a small plot point to show someone as a bad character or also to just um to just show this moment as like oh this is serious and then it's kind of thrown away and there's no other after effects of it later but um 
That is what we'll be talking about in the next section. Yeah. Okay. Right. Why don't we talk about that then? Okay, so I guess we what could happened? talk about... Um, the dark side. The dark side. Consent. Yeah, so yeah. what happens when consent isn't given? Let's start by being like, we're going to try and be as circumspect as possible here because this is hard. Um but I mean, my heart rate just about... went through the roof. I don't like talking about these things. It's 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 a lot, but just want to give. I can physically hear the change in your voice yeah. too. It's it. Let's, yeah. I'll give a warning. Look, we're gonna get into some really serious topics. I want you, everybody listening, to know that we do not take any of this even remotely lightly. So just. But I, it. It's also something that we need to discuss because the fact is, is that. Yeah, it, it, it's part of it. If you don't talk about it, then it just gets brushed away and these things can perpetuate and get worse. So something that needs to be talked about. I feel like often this, the pervy comedic side leads into, it's a, it's a slope that leads directly into what we're talking about now, which is sexual assault. Cause then you get to that side. It was like, Oh, I was just joking around. It's like, yeah, but you still assaulted a person. Yeah. And as like Jordan was saying, like media, the, there's a lot of media out that's, Showing sexual assault as having no meaning. And that, like, yeah, there's there's several examples. Like, the one that I've not personally played this game, but have read extensively on this one. Because I watched... So this started from uh, watching Outside Xbox, a YouTube channel. They talked about games that they've, want, like, quit unexpectedly. <laughs> Yep. And one of the the example given was Persona 5. And that one was one of the ones I gave you the example for, which is basically in Persona 5, one of the characters you recruit is a guy as a painter who ends up who pressures one of the other the other female characters into paint posing nude. Jeez. And having like read up on on this scenario and watching clips of it basically the female character says that she expresses that she's extremely uncomfortable with and does not really want to do it and your character doesn't really have any option to say no just like can either be silent or say like you have to do it or there's no option to say no you you have to as the character consent to basically force this female character to do something she doesn't want to do, which is pose nude. And they treat it as a comedic thing because then she goes in wearing 15 layers of clothing. And it's clearly uncomfortable with the entire thing. And this isn't the only situation in this game where she was subject to sexual harassment. And the entire thing removes all agency from her. And it's just kind. And this guy ends up joining your party and it's never really brought up again. So, as I said, I haven't played this game, but the entire situation, reading it, makes me hella uncomfortable, and that's why I've never played Persona 5, because I don't think I could get past that, because why would I want to play a game with someone who does that? Like, why would I want to have someone on my team who does that? Yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, I guess my example for this is going to be a little hard for me to talk about um especially because it's well stayed so there was a time um i guess in high school where there was this um very popular manga called gantz and um everybody's like, oh you really have to read it you really have to read it it's like oh there's some parts that you might not like but you know it's really good etc cetera, etc cetera. 
And so, like, I, like, you know, just picked up a couple of random chapters and, like, looked there and was like, okay, it looks cool. And then kind of put it down because, you know, I wasn't really too interested in it. And then, um, actually, I think early last year, I uh, was talking to friends like, hey, yeah, read Gans. It's like, just be aware there is some sexual violence in it. It happens. But overall, it's a pretty good manga and I think you'll like it. So, I'm like, okay. It's like... Sure, it has this, but it's like I should be able to read it. Like, know that like these like sexual assault happens in real life. You can't just ignore its existence. So, yeah. So I picked it up and I read it. Um, within the first, I think five chapters, a character is sexually assaulted and groped, and other, a bunch of other stuff happens. I'm just for the listeners, not going to get into it. Um, and then. Like, the chapter or two after that, that's brushed off and literally never mentioned ever again. And within those two chapters, in the same night in this anime, um, that character goes on to have, like, a crush on it and talking about how she's falling in love with this other character. And then a little bit later, um, she goes and stays at this guy's house and he gets upset because she won't have sex with him and, like, throws, like, a little hissy pouty fit. And then this kind of thing is just, like, perpetuated through the rest of the manga where, like, pretty much, and as I've stated to my friends before, I didn't like it because pretty much every time a female character was alone in a room with other male characters, she was assaulted. And it's always brushed off. as like, oh, look how terrible these people are. Now moving on to some fight scenes. And um, so this, this is an anime about, like, people after they die are transported to this room where they have to go out in the real world and fight aliens and if they beat the aliens they can go back to the normal life but have to be called back to the room to fight the aliens whenever the room calls them so yeah interesting concept but like just filled with sexual assault throughout and just no like there are consensual sexual um situations but outside of that most of it is non-consensual sexual assault and it's just really and it's one of those things where, like, so many people talked about how great this manga was and how great the story was, but, like, just ignoring the fact that a lot of the times it was like, oh, the sexual assault has no meaning is just in there for, I guess, maybe to show how, like, harsh the world is or something. I don't know, but it was never really, it didn't really, the story could have existed without those moments. I, I think as well, like, you can think of other examples of, like, a lot of people recognize the fact that, like, Game of Thrones Ugh. is over the top. Yeah. And there's a lot of over the top sex in that. But, like, it's a similar case of, like, we acknowledge that you can have gratuitous sex. Why is it that we're ignoring the fact that sexual violence can also be gratuitous? Like, you don't... It's not necessary. It's not necessary to... To have a certain amount to have it meaning and as well, like not be dealt yeah. with, like not have that impact. And, and I guess the yeah. biggest part of it for me in this uh, manga Gantz was that it had no weight or had no meaning to the overall plot other than that this happened. And then it gets thrown, like it literally gets passed out the window and characters don't bring it up. It doesn't have any effect on the character. It's just something. Sh- so like it, almost comes off to me as like this was shown to the viewer like out of i i honestly don't even know how to put it in words really it's just, uh, and i think makes it, me sick honestly. it's not 
it's not only these male genres as well. Like there's shoujo manga also has a similar thing where like they have a lot of instances where like there's almost assault where it's like people get like basically forced down and it's like I could hurt you. I could I could sexually assault you right now, but I'm not going to. Or it's like, look, I am dangerous person. Or that someone will come in and burst in the room and save them from this instant. And that also has, like, no meaning. And they just continue on where, like, m- people I know who have been in... That still qualifies as sexual, sexual assaults. And people I, I have known who have been in that situation, it still affects you. Almost as deeply because the fear is real. So I just, yeah, it's not just these genres. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking my kind of paranormal romance, urban fantasy um, world that I exist in, um, I think one of the really weird parts of it is that certain paranormal creature novels have a reputation for being more violent than others and the one that i'm thinking of in particular is any sort of paranormal romance that uses vampires yeah as the main person now i'm not talking about twilight um we're not talking about edward here um but a lot of times in vampire romances uh sexual violence is I would say more than gratuitous. Um, And I think that it's not often the author doesn't actually explain it, that it's going to go in that direction until you're already there. And then you're like, what am I reading? I thought I was going to get an Edward and instead I got Dracula. Yeah. I think, yeah, because it goes towards that fact of the fact of that, like, it plays into that horrible, I, like, sometimes it's that reality of, like, that men can't control themselves, <sighs> and that's played out in the vampire bit, where it's like, why well, have this uncontrollable need, this thirst, then it mm-hmm. gets played out in sexual violence as well, and it's just like, that can be too real. <sighs> that's too much sometimes. Um, So I guess we've got to the dark side of it, but I want to talk about like examples of series that give sexual assault the weight it needs like that actually that it's not like just as a set piece it actually has some sort of effect on the plot or the characters um the one on the anime side of it um is berserk that i want to talk about um berserk is a dark fantasy anime and about i guess like a good quarter into it um there is a a scene of sexual violence where a character assaulted we don't have to get into it again but um there so that that happens and a bunch like and this like bad guy well guy sacrifices all of his friends and they all die but that that sexual assault has a um effect on the character her because of all these events her mind breaks and that's like a plot point going through the rest of it and i know one of the plot points through it is like trying to restore her mind because the character who was like in love with her and wanting to protect her wants to like restore her mind but also the other side of it's like yes you're going to restore her mind you're going to save her but like what if you do this and um her wish to be with you is like she no longer wants to be with you like because it's too hard and that's dealt with i think it's dealt with well because like 
you get the um that whole sexual assault side of it but then later in it's the consent side it's like okay well she no longer can be with you and he doesn't try to force it to work he gives her the space needed and i think that whole situation is portrayed gives the sexual assault and the consent the weight that it needs i think i yeah i think as well like there are some areas that do it well and like unfortunately so one of my examples for shoujo manga is one that was really popular early 2000s which was mars and unfortunately spawned off of this a trend of having female leads with broken pasts but didn't deal with it the same way that Mars dealt with it, which was that the female lead in Mars clearly from the get-go had an incredible amount of issues. And then she ended up being in this relationship with this known, like, kind of bad boy. And it was, like, them trying to be together. But the fact was is that she couldn't stand being touched by men. Okay. And it was still a romance. It was still about their relationship and how she got over that and, like, got comfortable with him and both, like, about both their past. But she had a lot of sexual violence in her past. And it was, like, incredibly impactful on the entire story of, like, how she adjusted, how how it was handled. I, like, parts of, there was some things where I was, like, not as comfortable with how it was dealt with in the long term, but also made sense to the place where it was depicted and the time it was being taken place in of like what she had as her at her disposal to be able to handle it. But like it did a really good job of showing not only how how sexual how sexual violence impacts the human mind particularly at a younger age because these people were like teenagers and how to still do and how to still like show a romance but take that into consideration and i think as another example i have is like from the book side is the black jewel trilogy also as well like has sexual violence in it towards one of the most powerful characters and they spend a large portion of the book just dealing with that like just the fact of like how it impacts her mind and has excellent analogies of what that does to the human soul like it literally breaks people's power their magical power and shatters the chalice which is the metaphor they have and it's like most often that can't be put back together again and i think that's the weight that needs to be given there is that uh, some people can put it back together again and some people can't and that's a like that's just what's going to happen i think it's yeah i think it's a reality we all need to like be aware yeah. of yeah it's, it's like no i'm not gonna that i don't know anyways glenn do you have anything to add no <laughs> thanks <laughs> so out of the darkness what are some good examples of consent and leah please just talk about your iron bowl Wait. No, I no. am so excited for Iron Bowl. Wait, we were going to talk about why oh, it's sorry. important first. Thank God I get to wait away from that Iron Bowl conversation for like two more <laughs> we'll minutes. Talk about Iron Bowl. Why is consent okay. important? Well. And why is it extra important to have active consent in video game cutscenes? Yeah, I, I think consent is extremely important because we, we learn through the media we intake. Yeah. And... I want people to be able to learn that 
consent is incredibly important. And if you're in taking games that don't emphasize consent, like, and particularly children, if they're in taking things like GTA and all these video games that have horrible treatment of women in consent towards sexual violence, what do you think that their impact is going to be? Particularly if you don't have parents telling you that's not how consent works. Um, what what is the only lesson they're going to get from that? Which is probably poor consent. Well, uh, I guess one step back into the darkness again. I guess so. On my side, I read Gans that manga I was talking about that had all the messed up stuff in it. Um, I read that as an adult, and I know that those scenes and those things are pretty awful and pretty bad. But this is a popular manga like across the world, and like I know people a lot young. Like it was presented to me like in the middle school beginning of high school as something to read and so like young people read this stuff all the time so if you go into that and like you read this you see the scene where like he gets upset that she won't have sex with him because she's staying at his apartment like it's like oh like some people might be like oh he's justified in that like you learn the bad side of that so it's good to have good examples of consent to like show you that yeah these there is a good way of doing things and the things that you see like in mangas like Gantz and the pervert anime character that is specifically bad that makes sense and the fact of the matter is is that like often these things don't show punishment towards the people who are doing this and that's like incredibly harmful for the fact that that's actually what reality is like and we all are as we said reading romance for escapism and why the heck do I want to a like escape into a reading nightmare? for escapism yeah and it's it, if you're gonna read if you're gonna put sexual violence in because you think it's necessary you better you best be doing it correctly and show the impacts and have have if you want it to still be escapism have it have the impact but also potentially give them the the retribution needed like yeah come on yeah, we're still waiting for the guy in Berserk to get his effing head cut off. But um, anyways, hmm. so I was checking if Glenn had anything else to add. No, I'm just super. Yeah, excited I, I know. That's why I was getting to, to it. finally hear about Iron Bowl because okay. I've gotten tantalizing glimpses of it, but Lee has been holding back for me. Yeah, for this specific podcast. Mm-hmm. So Lee, yeah, take it away. just do yeah. it. Pull the trigger. Our golden candidate. Okay. Well, it, this is the question. What do, what do we want to see consent look like in cult, in nerd culture? And I'm like, let me <sighs> tell you about Dragon Age Inquisition again. For the last Thank time, probably. God. Because Jordan's real tired. <laughs> real tired. That is not. But Jordan is. <laughs> so dumb. Because this is an example of a character who not only portrays a good kink positive relationship. So the Iron Bull is a canary, big guy with horns who is kink positive. Means he likes doing kink stuff. And We're not fans of kink shaming. No, no we are podcast. not. Yeah. So you can do and what you want great. as long as it's consensual. Yeah. So part of the thing that people don't realize about kink is that being kink positive is that the kink community is usually one of the best groups at portraying consent because that's what good consent is about not this 50 gray shades of gray bullshit because that's actually really bad at showing consent most people who are in that realm are excellent excellent at showing consent now the iron bull when you get (laughs) 
When you get into your relationship with the Iron Bull, you have, there's a sex scene that happens. And he's like, well, I know you want to ride. I've gotten the hints. You want to ride the bull. One of the best. That is a really good. Um, I will say that is a really good line. I will throw that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So part of that scene that's really striking is the fact that you are asked as the player character three times you have the option to refuse. You have the option to say, no, I don't want to have sex. Now, in Dragon Age, every character, when you you get into the romance, you get into the sex scene, will ask you if you want to have sex or not, basically. Not in those words, but you have the option to say no. If It's basically, most of the times, it's like, do you want to continue this relationship? Wait, not every character asks you if you want to ride the bull? (laughs) I know, right? Every character should do that. It's such a good line. So, but the Iron Bull, he asks for consent three times. And this isn't just like, do you want to have sex? Yes, no. He asks it in a way that still maintains, as what people should learn from, maintains sexiness. Because consent can be sexy. Where he's like, are you sure you can handle this? Like, do you, you gotta be sure. You gotta be sure to ride ride the bull. Like, that type of thing. Like, it's, it, but he asked three times. That's how you do consent, right, man? Like, yeah, ask. Multiple times. And, and like, I applaud the people, the makers of this game because no other game have I ever seen that. And that's what we should be looking at. I feel like this question is mostly Fine. for Glenn, but how thick is that bull? Oh, so thick. Mm. <laughs> I made the mistake earlier of looking up pictures of the Iron Bull, and I just want to say it was a huge mistake. And thick in so many ways. If I could just digress, (laughs) not only were those thighs thick, he got a butt. Yeah. He got some arms on him. I mean, I'm even impressed by the, the horns. Yeah. He's got an impressive rack. He's got an impressive rack and rack. Both racks. I, I, I will say the thing that was impressive for me as a straight male was like he had like the neck muscles and the whole that whole thing going on, but it wasn't like gross bodybuilder look like it looked normal. He didn't look like he was like about to explode with muscle. Yeah, he's he's got he's got he's got everything. Yes, I know, Leah. I know. <laughs> it's just so good. But he's not even my favorite character in that entire thing. My favorite character is Dorian. Nope. Do you want to write that? God, now I'm looking at pictures. Why did I do this again? No. I'll just send you the cutscene. It's fine. <sighs> Unfortunately, did he have any bulging veins? No, I don't think so. I think I think he has some like visible veins in his arms, but that's it. Not a, not okay. A, okay. But he, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he's not about to burst like yeah. a watermelon. Which I appreciate yeah. that he's not yeah. like exploding. Exactly. Exactly. He's just you know. For the audience, I am drinking he's heavily through this right now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Heavily. <laughs> yeah. So other than the Iron Bowl, well, let's just get in. I had a question via this content because, like, it's hard for me personally, and I think most of us, to come up with other really good examples of consent in in any nerd culture. But I have a question based on the Iron Bowl. So in video games, if the you, the player character, is taking the lead in a sexual encounter... How do you think we should show consent? Because in the Iron Bull example, Iron Bull is the one who takes the lead. He's the dominant person in this encounter. And 
how can we show, because most of the time when you're doing dialogue, your reaction, you as the player character are responding to how the other people are. So that's how you're giving consent to him and that's how that works. How, as the player cons- player character, can we, in a sexual encounter where we're dominant, ask the AI for consent and have it still feel the same? What do you guys think? How would that look? Huh. <laughs> I know I know making noises is probably not the best way to answer a question. It's an interesting question, right? Uh, like it's not something I, I think I'm we trying think to about. I'm trying to think of how that would like look though. Cuz when you are the player character, you have the power and the NPC and everything is they're they're, they're pre-made. They're, there's only so much that they can do. And I'm trying trying to think how that would look in if the shoe was on the other foot, I guess. I'm almost like, I don't know. Glenn, do you have any... Well, I mean, I know literally nothing about video games, unfortunately, but... You were supposed I mean, to play video games if... all week to prepare yourself for this. What were you doing? <sighs> PhD? What the hell? Just, <laughs> just, you know, just reading fairy porn. I think you might have broken him. <laughs> Unfortunate. Oh, that 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 definitely. Have fun with the audio later. <laughs> Let's not try and break it. I try to move ears. away from the mic, but oh my lord! Oh goodness, audience! I think we broke him. Oh my god! <laughs> so too busy reading fairy porn. <laughs> this means I need to send you that video later, Jordan. Yeah, you need to. You need to see it. Yeah. What? There's it. There's the last thing that was mentioned that... was fairy porn. Then you guys were like, I need we, to see this talking, video. Are we talking magical fairy dick? Yeah, magical oh, fairy dick. Yes. So there's, it's, it's, this is a side thing. You can keep in it if you want. Uh, there's this, we have found this video based on the series that Glenn reads of this woman who reviews books while basically drunk. And she was talking about it. And she was like, basically the equivalent in this book is that the fairies had big dicks. Magical dicking, you know, and so it's it's very big dicks, big dick fairy, fairy big dicks. So, anyways, back to consent in video games. Oh my god, his voice just got prepubescent high. We need to to rate it back in. We need to rate it back in. Full Ronald Weasley in Chamber of Secrets. (laughs) Hey, 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 hey. we said save the making fun of. I'll give you like two minutes at the end. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, I don't know, but in all, in all serious, I don't know. I don't know much about video games, but I would think that if there was a character arc or a story arc um, where the programmers knew that the person playing the game could potentially romance a character, then couldn't they just make code to give that um, character in in the video game like just a little bit more agency? In terms of it's like if it's like a role player game, you know, you're either you have three different choices. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I I'm almost thinking like, yeah, where it's randomness. You <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so so you put in a randomizer on whether they say yes or no. There you go. Yeah. That would be amazing. So yeah, so you ask and there is a chance that they'll be like, nah, not today. But that's not always the case. Like sometimes you can be successful. That'd be fun. Well, I I'm almost picturing it as like uh, like it may not look the same because I can't there it can't be that the entire time like if I'm playing a game and I want to romance a character I kind of need the option to actually romance them if they say no every single time 
like to continuing a relationship, that would be unfortunate. But what I'm picturing is the situation from that game. What's the game? What's the name of the game we play? Oh my god, what's that game? Which one? The one we always play that I beat you at. Oh god, uh, No Time to Relax or any other yeah, game no that we relax. play because you beat me at a ball. <laughs> no Time to Relax. Um, so in No Time to Relax, <laughs> odd comparison, yeah. sometimes you go to get a new job and it's just not available. Oh yeah, so you want to go for scenario. some nice dick and it is just not available. Yeah. I am sorry that, about my crass language. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's what it's like in real life. Yeah. The dick ain't always there. No, yeah. And not. that's okay. Yeah. It should be okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to roll with it sometimes. Just... Vagina. Let's all yeah, just yes, be, yes. Or the vagina. Or the vagina. Yes. Or the vagina. Yes. Um, yeah, like but... sometimes when you go to the restaurant, they don't always have the Italian sausage sandwich. And sometimes they don't have the chicken with tacos. Meatballs. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> So I've got, I'm glad we're back to the lighthearted <laughs> phase of this. Yes, yes. But hey, these comparisons help us talk about these things, guys. And like I said, I can no, only I make jokes. Right. I think Glenn's right that the like random aspect is probably the best way to do this as well. Potentially even just having scripted, like that you have to click a button. Yeah. Like rather than having it be so, I'm picturing instead of like the you're responding to Iron Bull. At the start of the scene, no thing's been said yet. You have to say, you have that, like, ultimate decision. Do you want to start this or not? And then the thing that happens after that is that you ask consent from the AI. And then before the scene, like, if you want to, if it's a kink positive one, you should probably ask multiple times. Um, Then you should, you have the option again. It would have to be at the start before you initialize an option presented by the game, which would be, like, not quick time, but you know when you're having a quick time event and it's like, dodge left or right, start the romantic encounter or not. Or like if you're on, if it's like a PC game, what will happen is um, a button of like yes go forward with it will appear somewhere and you have to quickly move to click it before it disappears. So like appear yeah, in the corner of the yeah. screen, it's like shit, gotta get up to the corner of the screen before it disappears yeah. or no sex is exactly. happening. Exactly. Restaurant's closing in five minutes. <laughs> yep. Ding dong. <laughs> like I said, those tacos are no longer available. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Breakfast. Ran out of toppings. <laughs> no more pico de gallo. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> food is an excellent metaphor. Let's just all acknowledge that. Yeah, because food is very sexual, guys. Whipped cream. Anyways, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're not getting into well, it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm done. What is there that King game? positive. Yeah, that game, that game, the, uh, not Mount Your Friends, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Uh, the... I'm sorry, Mount Your Friends. Yeah, I yeah, had I'll the same question. <laughs> I'll show it to you later. It's a funny game. Um, there's, uh, it's not actually about sex. Words with Although, friends, but with Genital dick. jousting. Genital jousting. I feel like that's just what sex is. It's, it's personified dicks. <laughs> it's very funny. It's very funny. Oddly, it's a weird we, game. Anyways, we, need to get, I, we need to end this, we please. Get, yeah, we need to <laughs> end my suffering. I broken. Yeah. So, but yeah, we need, I wish this section could go on for longer. I wish we had more things from every genre to talk about how to show consent better. But like, what do we think? Thinking back on all the dick jokes. And all the stuff we've talked about today, like, what are your guys' big 
takeaways like what do you want to improve and change about like this topic i think that french onion soup is the least sexual food out there no it's french i'm gonna it's french it's inherently sexy dang it those onions have been cooking oh my god okay they are i'm sorry i opened the door i'm closing it again yeah Okay. So what are what and was the question? French. The biggest takeaways from this episode is that what you said? Yeah. What's the what what's the what are like what are the things that you think are most important we've discussed or like what's the what's the ways that we can you want to see like the topic improve and change? Well, I I think the most important things that we discussed like to me is like that like about consent like that consent is important that it needs to be portrayed in media. And I mean, you can portray both ways, like the dark side of it, where when you don't get consent and bad things happen, but it also doesn't need to just be like a set piece that gets forgotten. It needs to have weight throughout the rest of whatever. It needs to be important. Um, I also think that um, the other thing that's important to me, it's like that porn isn't reality. And I know that like, media not not just porn shows it but media shows that like shows this unrealistic portrayal of sex in romance and i think we we need to go along the ways of like trying to be more realistic with it like i said you're not going to always get your pizza delivery and have sex with the delivery driver like that's not just the thing that happens yeah i yeah i agree and that like the equating sex uh, sex with romance is the thing that we need to divorce not only like yeah porn's the major proponent of that but it's also in video games it's also in other situations sex does not equal romance sex is not the end result of all romance and i guess lastly for me it's like taking away the stigma of romance is something like romance novels and like things with romance is something to be ashamed of like taking away that stigma is another thing that's like really important we need to like folks like it's just another piece of escapism art like everything else in nerd culture. Like, I read shonen mangas to escape. I play video games with samurai to escape. Some people read um, romance books to escape. It's all part of it. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Jordan. No um, one has I think ever for said me, that before. The... <laughs> <laughs> Soak it in. <laughs> Okay. Level up. Okay. <laughs> I think for me, the big takeaway and just kind of something I learned throughout this episode was um, kind of the worrying prevalence, continued prevalence of um, gratuitous sexual violence, gratuitous um, pervert, like people just being perverts just because they can. Um, and you know, there being no consequences for that in the storyline. Um, I lost my train of thought. But it was what you were learning. Yeah. So, like, I assume something along the lines of, like... Sorry, I'm just thinking about fairy dick right now, and I can't <laughs> concentrate. That part's getting left into the <laughs> episode. <laughs> I think, I potentially, like, yeah, it's that it's surprising when you come across how... I, yeah, I didn't realize how prevalent um, this kind of continued fetishization of women is in genres, in entire in the entirety of a genre. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just there, and it's part of the 
the wall hangings, the decorations on a room that the scenery takes place in. Yeah. It's like no one's questioning the carpet. That's a weird... Why did I go there? But it's, <laughs> no one, it's the carpet. <laughs> it's, 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 it's built into the room. Yeah, it's, why is there blood on the carpet? Yeah, but no one's questioning the fact that it's like, oh, someone was sexually assaulted there. Hmm. What? What? Did that just happen? Is no one else going to comment on that fact? That, that, that the carpet is built on the fetishization of women? Because not only does it, you know, it provides no consequences, it's gratuitous, it's meaningless... It makes it okay. Yeah. Which it isn't. Yeah. yeah. We need to talk about that more. Yes. Yeah. And it's difficult. We all acknowledge it's difficult. It's particularly difficult for Jordan, but <laughs> it's difficult to talk about. And I, I think like I agree with all you guys are saying. I think the other thing that for me is like also important to think about with this is the idea that like we do have this disparage between like how romance is portrayed in female-oriented stuff and male-oriented is the odd like dichotomy that we have where it's where we need to as nerds in this nerd culture include those people who do read romance novels like do read fantasy and sci-fi romance stuff that they're a part of our community as well like they're allowed to be here and that like by highlighting how we think about romance that might teach us more about how we should be looking at it within our own favorite genres, like how we should be using examples like the manga Mars, which is a shoujo, and how that should be impacting other manga in the more male spectrum styled manga. Like, I think I think that's important to, to think about is that these two different styles of how romance are aren't separate. And can learn from each other, even if you're, even if your grand adventure in, in the fantasy land you're in isn't primarily, you're not there to talk about just romance. Like, there are some games that are doing it, doing a good job of in, including both of those where they're both included, like, like Dragon Age, but like they're few and far between, and we need more of that. Yes, we we need so, a lot more of it. We can be integrative. These works should stand apart because they are unique and they do a good job. But we also should have the other works like in other artists learning from these things that do stand apart and do a lot of different things. So it needs the genres need to evolve with it with the times. Right. And in no way are we saying that either one is perfect. Sometimes we like imperfect things. I feel like that's a running thing on this yeah. show. We like to talk about how things aren't perfect, but we can also learn from them. So, yeah. You're, you're, you're allowed yeah. to like things that aren't perfect. Like, But know that not everything's perfect and there are going to be issues with things that you read, watch, and write. Yeah. Escapism is escapism for a reason. And Yeah. So I think we are at the closing point. Um, if you guys want, you can make fun of me for time before i have to cut you off and go to the closing i think you did just fine you did great i tried there were a couple points where your where your voice went up a pitch it was very (laughs) interesting to experience but you did a great job for everybody i use humor to um avoid the awkward topics and i think you could tell from a lot of the jokes i made that it was awkward for me for 90 percent of this time it's the it's where we're from yeah yeah and full disclosure i grew up Midwest America, um, 
very sexually repressed area. It's intrinsically part. If you meet a Midwesterner, they're sexually repressed. The question is, did they get over their sexual repression? Or are they, or are they fine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So. All right, so as always, we close it out with the, what have you been doing this week? And um, Leah, do you want to start or I can start or who wants to go? You can start because suddenly I've forgotten what I was going to say. I'm disappointed in you. Okay, so my thing is um, I finally got burnt out on video games during this quarantine time. So I have been doing a lot of reading, both um, regular books, um, nonfiction, and um, some comic books and graphic novels. So the one I wanted to point out was the comic Something is Killing the Children, which is a really good, um, it's like a horror mystery. Um, there's a small town where a bunch of children have been disappearing of recent, and suddenly this blonde-haired woman named Erica Slaughter appears and is there to, quote-unquote, solve the problem. Turns out, uh, there might, in fact, be a monster in this town. So far, it's really good, really episodic. Like, it's definitely something I don't want it ever to happen, but it's definitely something that could be, like, a TV show or something based on, like, the way each issue runs. And characters are really cool and gets into, like, the interesting of look of how everybody is affected when someone disappears. And so far, I really really like something is killing the children it's a great title yeah. mm-hmm. and they have like a black splash page of the title like um first like five pages so you'll read and then like intro something is killing the children it's i really i it's a very aesthetic um comic so far i really like it well i have been reading the novel my lady's choosing which is a choose your own adventure romance oh, cool. novel which has been absolutely lovely um it's got the Victorian era. It's got werewolves. It's got Egypt. It's got a lot in there. But what I like about it is that, you know, it starts from the beginning. It's a, a girl of, of little means that is um, a servant, for yeah. lack of a better word, to yeah. this, this older uh, rich woman. Mm. And this woman takes her along to a party. And then through the party, you start to meet some of her potential suitors, both male and female, mm. which I have rarely dabbled in, but nevertheless immensely enjoyed this time around. Um, and yeah, it lets you, it gives you choices. You can either continue to talk to people, you can not talk to them. You can talk to them up to a certain point and then be like, bye. <laughs> not interested in you anymore. Yeah. Um, which I liked as well. Um, but I did really like that you could choose your own your own path because normally when you're reading a romance novel, you're you're along for the ride. You aren't controlling the ride. It's a good way to describe. That's it. interesting. Yeah, I. You've had time, Leah. Why? I know your time is up. Uh, Go with the first thing that comes to mind, uh, quick. Do you finish Dragon Age? No. I, yeah, but I'm not allowed to talk about that anymore. <laughs> I have been banned from talking about Dragon Age. I mean, I can go into a 12-minute diatribe of why you shouldn't watch the Ghost in the Shell show if you want me to. Okay, we're going to go with an old standby then that I did rewatch an episode of, which is Miss Fur- Mish Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Because I love that one. And I made Glenn watch an episode this week. So let's talk about that. That show is 
everything you want. It's on Netflix. It's an Australian murder mystery show. So not really falling in the nerdy vein. I, whatever. Who cares? Murder mysteries. Um, yeah. And set in the 20s. And I love it because it's, you know, it's just really a classic murder mystery. There's not too much special about that front. But I really like the characters in it and the characters that they show. Like, particularly Miss Fisher, she is a woman who just does what she wants. She sleeps with who she wants. But she also has, like, a really... She develops, like, a very interesting relationship with the inspector. I might spoil a little bit for you. But he's obviously her love interest. But the thing is, is that unlike many other ones where it's, like... The idea of you're taming the wanton woman, the woman who sleeps with people. Like, that's a thing that happens. That's a trope that exists. And rather than that, it's more like they have a complex relationship of, like, how would they be... They know and think about the fact, how could they be together with the fact that they're so different as human beings? And she refuses to compromise who she is and, like, her independence to be with him and through all the seasons that's still running thing to the point where it's like it's not just a will they won't they it's 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 more a fact of like how could they be together because they're very different people but they are attracted to each other and i think that's something that very rarely happens in these types of shows and always impressed me it's a, it's a classic Classic standby for me because they're just very interesting characters. Well, no, it sounds interesting. I know you recommended that for me years ago, and I apologize. I'm so slow when it comes to getting to recommendations, but I'll check it out. No, it sounds interesting. Well, we are at the end. Okay. Um, this this yeah. has been really fun, and I've, as always, enjoyed having you on, Glenn. And yeah. If- Thanks. I had a great time. Yeah. Uh, you don't. Maybe just have we'll to say have you that. back. <laughs> Back someday. Yeah, no, yeah. If at all possible, I'd love to have you back. Um, but yeah, closing out. If you guys have, if audience has any questions or comments, concerns, anything that they want to add to the conversation, you could always email us at sidecharacterspod at gmail.com. That link will be in the podcast description. And yeah, that's all I got. So we shall check you guys out later and bye. Bye. Goodbye.